taking time out of your schedule to listen in. We have some very special guests today, and I'm so lucky that they're actually sitting in the room, so I get to smack them around a little and have some fun with them. So I, I'm not even going to go into their whole bio because their names kind of speak for themselves, but we'll let them describe themselves a little bit. This is the infamous Steve and Heather Ostrom, Ostrom, Awesome, Awesome, because <laughs> I know nobody ever gets their name right, so... But that's okay with a name like Marjorie. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Rarely do I get to think of my name right. Yeah. Thank you guys so much for being here. It's really cool to have you here because their office is literally like a block away from yep. me, right? More close. Yeah. So welcome. Tell me a little bit about yourself and where you've come from, what you've been doing. Uh, I guess I'm starting. But we're just a husband and wife team now. But we at one point in time expanded to being a team team, and now we're just back to the two of us. And I'm laughing at better, personally. But we've been, what have I been now, 14 years? Yeah, you started in 2002, correct? 2002, something like yeah, that. Yeah. yeah, and I started in Sacramento, and I came up to Placer in 2007, 2006, yeah. something like that. Right around but, there. Yeah. What made you decide to get into real estate? What did you do before real estate? You know, what I did is I followed my beautiful wife. She wanted to leave. We met in Tahoe dealing blackjack. And so I said, babe, anything for you? I love you. Oh, boy. And so she <laughs> got a job with a graphic design company downtown. She actually started in the pocket area. She worked downtown. And um, we were looking for a house. And the help we got looking for a house was sort of pathetic. And I was selling Yellow Page advertising. And I hated it with a passion. And so we just said, hey, look at the cars they're driving. Why don't I just start selling houses? Didn't know how, you know, there was more to it than just, but um, that's it. I decided I was going to sell out. Yeah. You know, the funny thing about that is that I think that that's a big reason why a lot of real estate agents actually get into real estate because they end up buying a house and yeah. no real estate agent is horrible. Yeah. And they think, well, they can do it. Yeah. I can do it. Yeah. I know. Well, oh, it's like, true. especially too, you have people skills and you have a drive to make the process better and the experience is service oriented. It's a natural, <laughs> it's a natural kind of like, I am to doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, to be honest, though, I mean, I started out, and I was just trying to feed a family, work hard, and that kind of stuff. I didn't take off until Heather, we got to the point where she could, she went into her own graphic design business after a while, and I was still on real estate, and we were working so much, and it was like tag team parenting, but then when she decided, hey, I'm going to come work with you, that's when our business went to the next level. Well, well, of course, because really you brought Miss Fancy Smart yeah, Pants. Yeah. And, yeah. And, right? And, you know, so, I mean, I'm very, very lucky. I mean, who would have known in Tahoe that I would have met such a wonderful life and Aww. such a dynamic social media superstar when they didn't have social media? Oh, yeah. Well, I do, I do have to say um, your social media skills are on point yeah. for sure. And, yeah. and it's really fun to engage with you and interact with you on social media and to see the stuff that you do because you you actually are, are a perfect mix between exposing some of your personal stuff and what's going on with you and not only the highs but the lows yeah. and the struggles but you know mixing in that kind of real estate world of what we deal with where I, I think 
Correct me if I'm wrong. Some of the mistakes I see in social media is people go one extreme or the other. Exactly. Well, the thing is, it's like we always call for authenticity, but we don't really actually want to see it all. We want to see it the way we think it should be perfect. And everyone interprets it differently. And I've done my best to be truly who I am. I'm trying not to vent about all the sad stuff, but if I see a room for improvement, I try to put a positive spin on there or draw attention to people as far as maybe like, maybe there's like, we've talked about this online, about communication between agents, proper communicating, and how to be effective in an electric medium on the phone and text. How can we dial this in so we all speak to work less, or work smarter, not harder? I agree. And I think that's something our industry needs, and there's sometimes awkward conversations, and sometimes it's actually boring, but if we do this, all of our lives are going to improve exponentially, in my opinion. Well, I I agree with you 100% because I do see there seems to be a disconnect sometimes between the real world, right, yeah. and then what we see on oh social my media. People are putting this, you know, and I get that, and I know there's a lot of people that have it dialed in that they want to just present all the positives because they don't want to be a downer. Or, and I've talked to many people about this, and their thoughts are everyone has hardships. Nobody wants to hear about that. But I also think there's a good, there's a benefit to sharing certain parts of your life to say that, hey, look, don't present me as this perfect person online. I'm just not always sharing it all, but know that I'm, I have my flaws and my weaknesses, and I suffer too. So I try to mix it and weave it in so it's it's more of an authentic personality and, and also touchable. Right. Because I feel like sometimes when you feel like someone's so perfect, you're afraid to approach them. I think there's not, there's a beauty in showing your warts and all kind of so, so to speak. Well, it corrects me because I know I've had people come to me and they'll reach out to me and they'll say, well, I don't want to bother you. I know how busy you are. Yeah. Or how to that. And I'm like, you know, I think that's kind of crazy because I don't feel like I'm too busy for the people that I want no. to connect yeah. with. Or, or you're people. very touchable. And I was when I was talking, you know, I mentioned I interviewed Sean Carpenter yeah. a, a couple weeks ago, and we were talking about Seth Godin. Yeah. Now Seth Godin, if for those of you who don't, like, if you don't know him, you must be not of this earth. But he's an amazing author oh. and speaker. He's amazing all the way around. And I remember years ago when I'd read his book Permission Marketing. I loved that book. It's one of my favorite books. And I shot him an email, and he responded. Get out! And I was so like. It, like, took my breath away. You know, it was one of those moments where he responded, and I thought, well, gosh, I can't believe he's responding to little old me. And so I try to remember, not that I'm at any level of stuff. No, but, but know, I try to remember that people, they might perceive someone that way, and you want everyone to feel Someone who's a real pretty girl or a pretty handsome guy. Maybe everyone says, oh, there's someone already asked him out, but maybe they haven't been. Yeah. Why not be that person who takes an opportunity to, like, extend your hand and see, why not? Exactly. Why not try? Exactly. Well, so, Steve, now you totally don't do much with social media, right? No, not at all. <laughs> like, I like it. I just think it's a sort of time stuff. And with me, I mean, I'm I'm working a lot. We work a lot. Right. And then any free time I have, I want to spend it with my kids or playing golf or things like that. And if I put in social media going on there, it just it takes away from my work schedule and what's important to me. And so, so you guys have three beautiful children. Yep. Yeah. Two yeah. girls and a boy. Yeah. God bless you. Yeah. All yeah. over the board. <laughs> <laughs> and so the combination of raising children, working in the real estate industry, working together as a married couple, like how do you manage a lot of that? Because I know I know it's a struggle. I've been there. But yeah. how do you how do you manage that? I think we're we're a team. 
and I don't, you know what I mean, we work it together, we talk, communicate together, but we also have our mother-in-law here, which is a huge help. I don't yeah. know how we would do it without my mother-in-law to help out occasionally. Um, but that's it. I mean, really, we whose job is more important that day? Like, we have new listings coming on. Well, then Heather's job is more important to make listings look good online, whereas I take the thing of going with the kids. Um, weekends, I work weekends. Heather doesn't work as much on weekends. You know, we do things like that. So I think that's we, we, You know, we've just spoken about what's our strength. And, like, and that's the hardest thing because once you think you're good at something, the ego can overtake and you think you can do each other's roles. But we sometimes have to, like, take a step back and evaluate. Like, I stay home on the weekends, like you said. And then, like, I, I have to just trust. There's a lot of trust involved for it to be successful because that's actually how we start working together is, like, I saw a void in his work where we could be better as a team and just accepting that and he's great at numbers doing all the figures and the negotiations and I do all the marketing it's just been a good blend but it's a lot of trust to keep it cohesive and working moving forward well I know that you know obviously as a married couple you're partners right in, yeah. in life and I know that for Joe and I we've worked together for many years and you said something before we were on record that I thought was was funny is you learn how to stay in your corners yeah. So speak, right? like yeah. You you get to where you're good at that and you're good at that and you just don't you don't really cross the line. Yeah. And you know, when you said I said that about social media, it's like I like it but Heather's so good at it, I'm not as good at it. So I feel like it's her arena that I sort of let her have that and I try not to interfere with it as much. It's not that I don't like it, it's just that she's so spectacular. Well I think what too what's cool is that you because Steve was a car director for how many years were you? C A R director. C A R director <laughs> for about six years. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so Steve was well known in town and I was always kind of like first yeah. online I think it's just been a good marriage you're, you're on the ground and I'm online yeah. and uh, but like being Sierra director because for me I like being Sierra director because I feel like this is a great industry and I should get back to it but then you get to a point where you get so busy that it really was tough for me to leave town three times a year. And when we had the third child, Heather basically said, hey, you can't do it anymore. I need your help here. Because people don't realize that you go away for that four days, but your business doesn't go away. And most of the time when you're down there, you're thinking about contracts. You're thinking about um, real estate on a next level, which I totally, utterly enjoy thinking about real estate on the next level. But then I'd get home and I'd had to work. It was, I never had vacations. I never had anything. But I love doing it. I love giving back, but so it's, I'm sort of in a mix where I yeah, feel like I should come do back more. to when the kids are well, gone. Well, the kids are gone. I think yeah. I'll go back. Yeah. Well, you see, usually many of those are people who their kids are grown. Yeah. You know, like where I'm at right now, you know, my last son moved out, so I have a lot more opportunity, a lot more time yeah. to do that. Yeah. Kind of I told like, he does have a gift for that, so I'm like, he'll go back to it when yeah. the kids get a little bit older. So because he's the AR president. <laughs> 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 but you know, like, I mean, I've asked. Um, two associations to run for president, you know, and I, it's like, I can't do it right now. I mean, I have yeah. to support a family still. I love you. And you're going to do what you do. Yeah, thank, yeah. You, thank you, thank you. But I feel like you should get back to your, to your real estate. Oh, yeah. absolutely. Well, you help getting all the RAF stuff going, too. Yeah. yeah. What's RAF? Realtor Action Fund is something I believe in, but I was big in Sacramento Association. Realtors. There's a plaster cat association of realtors. I ran that on five in both of them. And then I was the Region 3 director for California Association of Realtors. But I definitely believe in Realtor Action Fund. Good, 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 good. So you guys have actually done an extraordinary job of branding yourself. And I'm always cracked That's a hard thing to get realtors to do. I mean, that's really hard to minimize and be consistent. Um, So how did did the whole orange thing come about? Obviously, it matches up with your name. But where did that come from? It was actually one night I was just like orange. I was just like. 
because we always like to do branding and like O's, or I did with my my own graphic design company, and I'm like orange O's. I just kept on like just the circle on the O, and that's where it kind of all started. And our wedding was all in orange and red. And then I'm like, God, I love orange, and people kept on starting to notice. And I'm like, let's just run with this. Let's just start branding orange and match it up with the cold anchor blue, and it just kind of ran off on its own. I kind of was just watching people buy the orange stuff. And so it just kind of was like, okay, let's just let's get this branded. Let's do this orange and blue and stick with it, use the same font, be repetitive, and try to use the same imagery all the time. So isn't orange the only word that, like, nothing rhymes with? Isn't that one of the what is Oh, that I, word? I don't even know. <laughs> I know, but there's plenty of corny jokes they thought of. So, <laughs> so there's no, we're not sure. I mean, it's like... There's just orange ostroms, everything. You know? And it's just kind of run away on its own. And it's like a lot of it had to do with our clients and friends. And so we just ran with it. So it helps agents understand the importance of branding yourself. Because I, I think, or I struggle a little bit with that, is that, of course, I can never match the the financial budget of a company like Cold Anchor or oh, yeah. you know, Century 21. So I think, well, how important is branding? I, well, I think... And two, it doesn't have to cost a dime. It's just about being willing to commit to two or three different elements and staying with it. And it sounds so boring, and that's where people are like, we need to jazz it up, we need to make it prettier. No, there's a beauty in repetition, and when someone can see that and instantly think of you, there's such a strong power behind just seeing orange and thinking our name. I mean, it's like the Nike logo. You see it. You don't even need to see Nike. You just see the swoosh, you know it's Nike. And that's kind of where I was going. And we were one of the first ones in this area to start doing area-branded marketing in lieu of our name. Nobody can pronounce Ostrom ever correctly. Nobody could ever spell it correctly. So I thought, RoseWillerMarkland.com is available. Let's just start doing area-branded marketing. No one's doing that in this area. And then it started revolving like it's not about the agent. It's about the consumer, where are they moving to in the lifestyle? And that was where we started going to a lifestyle-type marketing shift. And we just stuck with that. Instead of about us, we tried to make it about the experience and moving to this area. I think that's so powerful because I truly believe that's what the consumer cares about, right? Well, I know. Like, it's, like it's not ego. It's not about us. It's about people. And that in itself is more powerful for us as agents to say, what can we do to create the experience, make it easier, make it about the lifestyle, we're just going to be showing up at a few points in our life, but if I can make this a great experience, it's just a powerful tool. So how does that relate to when you're out in the field, when you're sitting down and meeting with clients, and and how much do they see of that, and it affects how you do your business? Uh, you know, I don't know. Well, I'll tell you how it affects our businesses. We're pretty lucky with Heather's online and how she does it that I don't have to prospect at all because it's all driven to us. It's just me answering my phone when people call. It's pretty simple that but way. you're great at doing that. I know. I am good. You know, I sort of, yeah, I sort of. But that's the big thing. Like, you know how people, you go to the conferences and say, you got a prospect, you got a prospect, you got a prospect. We don't have to prospect. Heather is sort of, we just do a good job on our listings, and we do do a good job on our branding. People keep calling us, so I don't ever call anybody. That makes sense. Which so I think is the best business to build. Yeah, it it's is. Like, well, I'm my a fisherman. Yeah, and I just, yeah. Hooks it up. Yeah. But, <laughs> but so, are you a good cook? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but, you know, the thing about it is, like, I think I'm bad at it. I answer my phone whenever it rings. It's really tough for me to let my phone go to voicemail, and I think that's just my mindset is I answer my phone when it rings. And sometimes people get mad at me for that, you know, wife and kids. Um, but that's sort of, like, how we do. But she just brings in the things that come to us, and I just answer the phone and answer these questions. 
and something else. Like, I can answer a lot of stuff that I don't get paid for. You know what I mean? People ask me questions that you wouldn't even believe the type of questions I get about rentals, about this, about that, about area, and I just answer them as honestly as I can. But then people come back to me later and say, oh, you helped me out with something three years ago. I have no idea who they were because my phone rings so much that I just answer it and answer the questions, go on, and don't remember. I have no clue what those people are talking about. But I just sort of do that with everybody. But you you're know? great. You're being present. That's half yeah. the battle. Yeah. Oh, definitely. You know, you're always present, and I think that's what people appreciate about you. And I wear orange every day. It's pretty, pretty much easy to wear orange. I know. Make your, make your uniform <laughs> yeah. simple. It's pretty easy. Well, you know, it's funny that, that you bring that up because I was listening I was actually listening to a podcast with uh, Dean Jackson, his I Love Marketing podcast. Mm-hmm. Listen, and he was talking about how some of the most brilliant minds keep certain things very simple. Like they don't want to have to think about their wardrobe. So, yeah. yeah. Like Dean Jackson is a perfect example. He basically he wears like a black a black shirt and khaki pants. Yeah. And that's what he wears. And he also brought up Albert Einstein. But Albert Einstein used to wear the same outfit up. Probably back then it was actually the same clothes. But yeah. now, you know, he it's would like wear the uniform. same. It's a uniform because their brain, as they say, is really for processing, not, and I love this phrase, processing, not storage, because I can't remember crap. Yeah. My hard drive's full, so, you know. <laughs> yeah. But keeping things consistent yeah. and simple is so important, not only just in branding, but I think in your business yeah. as a well. whole. Yeah. Well, it's like the minute you have too many variables, it's almost like the in and out system. You want to keep it, you want to be great at two or three things. Yeah, wasn't that brilliant? I mean, people would think it's like, well, that's what I see a lot of, and it kills me because there's so many great sales agents out there, but they're trying to overcomplicate the process with shiny objects. It's like, be great at what you do and be the Nordstrom. Be just really great at service and provide a great product. I think that's very powerful. I know that consistency is truly the key to success. I know for me... You know, the one thing I've done over and over is I send out my little letter. Yeah, you know, and you're a creative person. Like, if you have too much going on, our brains shut down. Yeah, exactly. I agree. So what do you see going on with the real estate market right now? What What's changed in the, what, 14 years since you've been there? A ton. It's changed. But what I'm worried about, I mean, you want my honest truth. I want your honest opinion. We're going to have no inventory. So many people got put down to 3% interest rates at 40 years where they got modified that they're never going to sell those houses. So in our area, we have more people coming in here than we have people selling. Do you know what I yeah. mean? And I, I have sold more new homes in the last year and a half than I have sold in my whole career because we can't even build homes fast enough for the people that want to withdraw us going wrong with. And it's going to be scary, in my opinion, because people aren't going to leave. So know? do you think that that's going to help the builders? Right, oh, we're going to see a lot more new, yeah. new homes. Yeah, our prices, right. and, but it's going to be really, really tough for people coming into our area because we just do not have good inventory. Do you yeah. think that with what happened in 2005-06 where the prices just went out of control, do you think that that's going to happen again? I don't think the lenders will let it happen again. I hope, you know, I just don't know because the thing is then, people are getting money for nothing. So I don't think we're ever going to get back to that level again because I think now people have to apply, have Everything gets checked over with the fine tooth going out. So it's not that. But our area is so good with schools and that that we're always going to have people wanting to come to our area. So it's, I don't know. You know, that's my worry. I shouldn't yeah. be talking about my worry. My worry is with Prop 13, there's people in our area that are paying $1,000 to live in a million dollar home for right. a year. Why would they ever move unless they're doing Prop 60, Prop 62? You know, or or there's an extreme life circumstance that forces yeah. them to move. Yeah. It has to be an extreme circumstance right Most now. Most of our, wow. Well, 
majority of our visits are move right by us. You know, people moving up to another house or retiring down to a downsizing house. That's the majority of our visits. But the other half of it, it's divorce. It's, you know, job relocation. It's as far as our listing side. Whereas we're not, you know, I just, that's what I'm worried about, that there's not going to be enough listing. Well, as busy as we were in January, and I've been hearing it from a lot of different agents, uh-huh. it is kind of, I've never been, we've never been this busy or this early in the year. No, not at all. It felt like between Christmas and New Year's and this year. And multiple offers. Yeah. Well, there's not much inventory, that's why. Yeah. But between Christmas and New Year's this year, which usually is dead time for us, we had more calls in that period of time than all the years combined. I mean, like, I got three, four calls every day between Christmas and New Year's this year, which is telling me that people want to move, you know, but, so I'm just worried. I, I would agree with you. I know that I can usually, you know, I've been 23 years in real estate now. Yeah. I can usually tell by about the first seven to ten days of the year <laughs> what's going to happen with the market, yeah. you know. And I remember when the market was bad, it was two, three weeks in before the phone started to ring. Yeah. Where, you know, now usually within those first few days, the phones are ringing off the hook and yeah. you can tell with that. So tell me this. We talked a little bit about what it's like to work together. What do you? I know that you and I have talked about some of the challenges with the real estate industry as a whole. Yeah. And one of the things you brought up a little bit earlier had to do with communication. And you know, I have to say that that was a little bit of an eye opener for me too, because I thought about the way what it made me do is it made me think about the way that I communicate and the way that I handle um, the other agents on the other end. And I just think we need to spend more energy on being kind to each other. I know, I totally agree, and that's why kind of. I have to give you kudos. Your Facebook group is really great, and you've had such great dialogue. That, that, Thank that, you. The other night about you, um, well, what do you want to say? It's group? called Real Estate Success Strategies and Accountability. And it's been a really nice balance of seeing the pros and cons of how we all can improve. And it's always interesting to hear other people's take because it's not necessarily our way that's the only way. And it's mm-hmm. fascinating to learn about. And I feel like the sooner that we say, look, let's all do the best we can, but let's always be willing to listen and see any way to approach items, and I really thought that was cool. That's why I want to say, truly, I think Placer County has some of the nicest agents up here overall. We're always going to remember that one bad thing is sticking out in our brain, but I'd say overall, we always yeah. have great experiences overall, yeah. and they're really kind people that want to solve the problem, not win, and the minute you take that attitude that you don't have to win, I think things always tend to go smoother when we're trying to solve a problem. You know, it's funny that you talk about that group because the other night there was a um, somebody brought up uh, when you have to submit offers online. And I'm totally guilty oh, okay. of that. Okay, I, was, yeah. I was reading that and I was like, oh, uh, that would be me. Because, oh. <laughs> <laughs> because it, there was a period of time, especially when I was doing a lot of REO-based business, where you can't possibly process it. I mean, there was so much coming yeah. at you and so much yeah. coming in that we had the online system where you could upload your offer. And I'm thinking, well, that's got to be easier for everybody, right? But the truth is, the most important part of our business is that phone conversation. And it is taking those calls like you do, Steve, and being able to talk to someone and talk them through it. Because I hear all the time, well, you can go in the FAQs and figure it out. Like, I get frustrated. You, just, you, yeah. you guys didn't see me getting frustrated with my computer before our podcast today, but you just want someone, you want to hear a voice yeah. that says, it's okay, we'll figure it out, let me see what I can do to help you. I know, and you know, that's what kind of disturbs me because I go, I don't like answering my phone. I don't like doing da 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 email. We all need to be willing to try different mediums to get the problem solved. And sometimes a phone call can, an email can send 
an angry tone and you're not even cognizant of it. That's why I always try to soften up my emails and be conscious of my tone. Because I've been told I've been blunt before. But it's not to be rude. It's just I don't want to waste your time. Right. But here, how do we construe that? Right. So a phone call, that's why sometimes I'll send my email and I'll follow up with a phone call. Hey, I just want to explain because it might sound a little blunt. This is where we're coming from. And it's amazing what just one minute on the phone can eradicate any issues or any tone that uh, we need to humanize the process. We can still be have our fiduciary duty, our clients, and do a great job, but you have to remain keep your humanity intact. Well, isn't tone seventy percent of your message? Really, yeah. it is, and, and it's, I, it's up for interpretation too. I can't even tell you how many times just getting somebody on the phone and able to work through stuff. Like I know for a fact that if I had an offer on one of your guys' properties. I'd call in a red-hot minute. Like, yeah. Okay, what can we do to figure out how to make this work, you know? And that's what Kate Tuffin did. We worked yeah. with her, and it was like, first of all, I thoroughly enjoyed the phone call. because oh, yeah. she was a <laughs> And I have nothing but respect for her because I know how much business she's done, and she has so much experience. Questions got answered really quick. Quick phone call, had a few good laughs, hung up. It just sets the, the transaction on the right foot right immediately because she called. Well, and many times with email, you're spending so much time going back and forth. You send an email and you're waiting for a response. And, like, it's just faster to just pick up the dang phone. Yeah. yeah. But it was such a good lesson for me the other night when I was watching that Facebook group. Because I was like, you know, what I really you, what need did you to take think. From it? I took the fact that that people, agents get frustrated with having to upload offers and not getting responses. And the simple act of being able to just call and talk to somebody or, hey, you know, I've sent an offer over, I'd like to go over it with you, um, even just acknowledging that an offer has been received. Yeah. Like many times when you upload an offer to an online system, there you don't necessarily know if they got it, didn't get it, yeah. did they have all the parts and pieces. Yeah. And meanwhile, you're waiting. Like I know Heather on my team on Wednesday, what's today, Friday, on Wednesday, she submitted two different offers on properties, and it's Friday. She still hasn't even gotten an acknowledgement that the offer has been received. Isn't that naughty? And we have clients to report to, right? And, and then the thing is, no matter what that, it, it reflects on us. Yeah. It does. It, it makes us look like the bad guy. It makes us look like we're not doing our job, and it's like, there's such a simple action of just confirming a receipt. That's what, that type of stuff just kills me. You it's know? Because it reflects on us. Yeah. It's well, all detail. my issue right now is the lack of inventory. If people put it on, if they can't see till Saturday or Sunday, somebody so desperate to be in that neighborhood, they write an offer over asking price on Wednesday, it doesn't get to Saturday and Sunday. Right. And that's the type of market that I hate because I feel like I have to be there that night. Well, what we're you also know, seeing is getting to right now. certain companies wait three days to put their yeah. listings in yeah. MLS, hoping that yeah. they can double-end it, yeah. you know, too, which I'm not... I'm not convinced well, that is a the best interest of the client. Oh, That's I'm absolutely the best interest it, of we, the agent. We're over 300 transactions. We've only double ended two of them. And I hate both of them. them. Yeah. And it, both of them were on the market. Well, one was on the market for a long time. And then one was just a, a friend having to come to an open house and say, oh, I like this house. And it was not what they were looking for. Right. You know, so but we got them done. But so we, I take that because I look, when I make an offer on something and they don't get back to me and I go see it close and I see they were on both ends, it makes me think, yeah. What a jerk. Exactly. You know what I mean? My client would have gone way higher. I sometimes say, oh, it's not the price your people are contingent. Then I see it close. It's like, no, you were representing the other person. Exactly. You just and wanted to. And you don't know to, the whole story, yeah. Brandon, but it's hard not to come to that. For my, you know, and it's hard. Well, to me, I remember people do that. So I don't want to have my listings not get shown for one transaction. You know, I always look out. I always think of it like 
when I go to tell my brother's house or something like that or somebody who I love very much or I'm help representing them on a transaction, I want to have a good relationship with that person. I don't want to I don't want to ever get in a fight with another agent over anything stupid. Like, I would try to be nice to everybody because I never know when I'm going to be representing my best friend to go buy their That's house. That's a good life model. I know it is. You'd be nice to everybody. Yeah. I, well, I think you know what And you are. That's There's the best advice. When, when we had a team that they want to get mad at a person and they want me to blow them up, and it's like, no, you might have to deal with them four years later on one of your favorite friends won't get the house because you It doesn't affect you down the road. Yeah. Your actions yeah. are always going to and affect I, you. Like it's, it's, we're mostly listing agents, so I always think that I need to be nice to all these people on our listings and treat everybody equally because you never know when it's your brothers are going to be listing and you want to get it sold. Or, you know, I, I, well, and, and the truth is, honestly, if, if you are representing your client the best and you do have a buyer, your own buyer, and your buyer comes in the highest, uh-huh. And it's one thing, but how do you know if you yeah. don't put if you don't yeah. give us the exposure and the opportunity to see what potentially could have come in on yeah, that offer? Exactly. And I'm sure you've experienced like when you get to a point in your career, if someone likes working with you, they're gonna say, Hey, I've worked with this agent before and they're really easy to work with and they're really good communicators. That is definitely gonna give you a leg up at one point in your yeah. career. I can't even express how important that is because yeah. literally, like right now, we're seeing a lot of contingent offers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're seeing a lot of move up buyers and that kind of thing. And when I know the agent's on the other end and I know that they're a good agent, I'm way more willing to accept a contingent offer than I would be if they're cranky and not nice yeah. and, you know, crunchy people. I don't know. Or if they, <laughs> well, I, 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 I hate to say it, but you have a history of friends, correctly. You know what I mean? Where there's some people who have a history of not pricing things correctly and being on the market for four months, whereas you don't want to accept an offer of a place that's going to be on the market for four months. Exactly. Yeah. So it's those type of things, too. Um, one other thing I was going to say that you were talking about, but I – one thing that I do too much, and I hear from Heather a lot, but it, I, like I said, I shouldn't say the name, but there's a legendary area, Fred Masterson. And I know we would, love Fred. Yeah, but he's been Masters Club how many times? Like 170 years. And so I sort of learned, yeah, I know. But I sort of learned for him, just pick it up. You know what I mean? If there's something that comes up, it's minor. Don't get in a fight over it. Just pay the $300 or whatever it is. Get it on, get it closed, and move on. And Heather hates when I do that because I take so much issues up. Like, sometimes it's, well, hey, that should be their responsibility. Uh, I don't care. Let's just go on. Let's just get this done. They want the house. It's only $300 to get them the house they want. Let's just do it. You're a local agent. Yeah. <laughs> Everything he just but, but then I do have the reputation of not having to fall out when I'm on the buyer's side. No, I know. And you're really great at that. You're, you're one of the but best that, I, mean, I don't know if it's great at that. I mean, I think that it's just me. I don't know Jennifer for what, but I, a lot of times I'll pick up a seat and then I don't give a closing gift or something like that. You know, it's I don't know. So it's Valentine's Day in a couple of days, so it's a total Ostrom love fest here <laughs> right now going on. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Ignore all the comments here. I probably should. <laughs> no, but you know, you're a great person to flexible life work yeah. because you try to make the transaction stress-free. Yeah. And that's what you're doing. You're trying to smooth things over and get it done and keep relationships intact both with our clients and other agents. I think there's a power to that. Yeah. Well, it's looking at the bigger picture. Exactly. Yeah. This, this is a bed. Don't, don't do things in your area yeah. that uh, are going to affect you down the road. Exactly. It's important. So one last question before we wrap up today is that what advice would you give to a newer agent coming in? Um, I know what my advice would yeah. be is don't overcomplicate it. You know, I think, like, people think you need to have, you don't have to have anything perfect. You know, like, people look at me now like, oh, geez, you got all this down. No, I would sit and do open houses. I'd sit and do floor. Just get out there, you know. But I would say the one thing that I would tell people, dress successfully. 
You know what I mean? Like when I started wearing a coat and tie every day, it made a huge difference in my business. And I just, I mean, it really. Well, certainly don't even recognize you when you're not in your suit and tie. Yeah. Well, <laughs> because, and I sort of say, well, I only wear it because I want to see clients. But I expect to see a client every single day. Oh, I you love know? that. Yeah. I get mad if I see somebody and I'm not in a suit and tie. But the key weird. point you said is I expect to see a client every day. Yeah. yeah. He does. You don't necessarily have appointments, but you're expecting at some point you're going to hook up with somebody. You're going to meet somebody. He's my boss. Yeah. Guy. Yeah. But that, that's what I would do. I mean, I I think it's important. I I think it's hugely important. I see so many agents come in business that aren't dressed professionally. Uh, yeah, I know it sounds dumb. But then don't overcomplicate it. Just get some signs. There's some open house signs. That's, I still do open houses. Like, people think, well, why are you doing an open house? Well, because they work, you know? And, I mean, and you know, recognizing your, your strengths. Like, Steve's strengths are being personable, happy. Steve is eternally positive. And I think that's one thing I would say is, be positive and be confident. If you don't, don't know the answers as a new agent, find out the answers, talk to your experienced agent. Listen to them on the phone. Hear how they're talking to the clients so you can start picking up little tiny skills here and there. And I think your open house is, and you have to door knock. Yeah, I did. I mean, when I didn't have the business, I would do whatever I had to do to get the business. Now we don't have to do that. But I would do it. I had no, what would you say? Something I had, you know, I would do whatever it took. You know, everything works. Just some things work better than others. If some things work better for you than for others. And I think always be willing to be a problem solver. I yeah. think that's one of, like, be positive, be willing to be the problem solver, be a part of the solution, realize that maybe your way is not always the best, and be always keeping your ears willing to work forward and never stop learning. So valuable. I know for a fact you do open houses because I've walked in on your yeah. open houses. <laughs> I was with clients one day. I was like, oh, I see. It's going to open house. To me, First off, I like to hear the feedback. The first one, especially the feedback of the other people of what they say about the house. If I got it right or don't have it wrong, I work basically the same areas, Roseville, Rockland, you know, in that general vicinity. But I always hold the first open house of my listings open, just because. Yeah. It, you know, I feel like true. I want and to. Tell them. I mean, I, know, I realize some people don't like open houses, yeah. but that's really catering to your personality. Cater to your strengths and figure out what they are. Just and if you don't know what your strengths are, ask your friends and family. Oh yeah, they'll be quick to tell you. <laughs> well, but if you monitor, like if you monitor your transactions, you'll know where your strengths are. You Absolutely. Know yeah. Yeah. Well, I want to thank you guys so much. You are such an awesome team. Awesome. And I'm laughing because you know, and I know you've heard this a million times. As soon as I start type in the word awesome, awesome your no your name awesome, comes right? up yeah. on Facebook, right? <laughs> It's all planned. You married him on purpose. Yeah. I, mean, <laughs> I, like, I got to marry that guy. <laughs> well, thank you guys so much for joining me today. It's always entertaining spending any amount of time you're with you. You're awesome, too. I'm and, so glad it's a favorite. Why are you interviewing us when you're such a better agent? I know. You're on the table. And now